Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com. And on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out. And that's it. All right. I always like to kick things off with something super fun and interesting. And for this, we have to go back to the mid-70s. And I actually went to ChatGPT and I said, tell me what was really hot in the mid-70s. Okay. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. We all know that song. Okay. Uh, Philadelphia Freedom. Uh, Love Will Keep Us Together by Captain and Tennille, which has to be, by all means, the worst song ever. <laughs> it's like it has like some weird bird thing going on at the end. Uh, the movie Jaws, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, All in the Family, The Jeffersons. Okay, also, as it relates to tech, the Apple One computer, the Apple One computer. It, they say it's the most sought after computer by tech lovers ever made. It was hand built, hand built by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak in their parents' garage. And what made it stand out is that this was the first personal computer that you could buy, that you didn't have to pull out your soldering iron to <laughs> actually get it to go. Could you imagine if that was today? Oh, uh, Kim, uh, you know, what, uh, what, what kind of brand soldering iron should I recommend? <laughs> what do you recommend? Kind of crazy stuff. Okay, the reason why I bring all this up, long story short, is that one's going up for sale, and it's actually autographed by Steve Wozniak. So how much do you think it's going to sell for? How much do you think it's going to go for? So you go first, Allie. What do you think? Uh, well, what if I said I know the answer? I can't guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then we'll, we'll ask our dear friend Rico Danielson. Rico, how much do you think this computer is going to sell for? I would probably say about 500 grand. Let's just say. Yes. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. $500,000. Okay. So what I was thinking is like, I'm going to get a Sharpie and start autographing mics and just put them (laughs) for sale up on eBay. Uh, But, you know, a lot of people don't realize that most of the computers on the International Space Stations, they're actually Macs. Yeah. A lot of people don't know this. You know why? Because it's just too dangerous to open windows in space. Oh, that Mm. was really bad. I know. And on that happy note, it's that day of the week when a few of our esteemed team members and friends join us on another turbocharged episode of Kim Commando today. And first up from the Commando Mega Media Empire, we're talking about radio and podcasts, websites, newsletters. We have our amazing content queen, Allie Seligman. So, Allie, how are you going to impress our listeners and viewers with your extreme intellect? <laughs> well, for some fun, I'm going to tell you what everyone is talking about on Nextdoor so you can feel like, hey, it's just not my neighbors who are the worst. It's everybody. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what I've been using a tablet for lately that is making me put my laptop down, put my phone down. No. Yeah. Way. Really? Yeah. Honest? Honest. Okay. So, and it seems like... It seems like every day lately, I've been getting at least three emails from people who say that they have been hit with ransomware, they're getting stalked, whatever it may be. I mean, you know, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the show last week, but there was a guy who called in who swore that he was being stalked for years. Okay. I mean, just 
Uh, he had to change his phones, his router, his television, and, you know, his passwords and all this other great stuff. And then I told him, I said, you know, you know maybe, do you think maybe it's just somebody who you know? Just maybe it's somebody who, like, it has access to your house. And he <laughs> phone, you know, we had the, that radio silencing. He goes, uh, yeah, I actually think I know who that person oh. is. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, if I ever get stalked, cyber-stalked, I know who I'm going to call. I am going to call a gentleman who I'm looking at right now. Rico Danielson, he's a friend of our show. He's an Army vet turned digital forensics guru. You have your own firm, Fortitude Tech LLC. Law school runs first responder. He helps businesses big and small handle all these cyber incidents. And so, Rico, thank you so much for being here on Kim Commando today. And so it was a pleasure to be here with you all. Absolutely. And so you're going to be sharing some cybersecurity tips with us, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I got two uh, two use cases that we can kind of review together and then also some cybersecurity tips that we did on the lessons learned on the onset of completing those two things. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay, now, folks, let me tell you something. Rico knows everything about cybersecurity. So if you are wondering, like, if you're getting stalked, what to do if something happens, you definitely just want to stay with us. So we like to kick things off with the news, and we're going to dive into the clash of this year. You know what I'm talking about. Barbie versus Oppenheimer. That's right. Barbie versus Oppenheimer. So have you seen the movies? Yep. Uh, so, Allie, have you seen both? I, yes, I did the double feature. I saw them in the same day, which was intense. It really helped to go to a theater that had the recliner seats because then my back wasn't screaming by the end. But, yep, I've seen both. Wow. Okay. Oppenheimer was a little rough for me because it was three hours. Okay. Did That's you, did not you find Kim Commando length. Like, no. <laughs> No, I'm sitting there like two hours. I'm going, okay, are we done yet? I mean, can we just cut to the chase? I right? would say from it was a good movie. normal person perspective, sorry, Kim, uh, it didn't really feel like three hours to me. It moved really quick. The scenes oh, were all pretty cool. short. So it by the end, it wasn't like, get me out of here. It was more just like, oh, humanity. You know, it's, yes, it's not the happiest story. No, but, you know, there's a lot of correlations between Oppenheimer, what happened then, and what's happening now with artificial intelligence. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there we created a tool that could destroy humanity with the atomic bomb. And now here we are creating AI that can pretty much do the same thing (laughs) if given enough time. But we're not going to go there. The reason why I bring this up is that all across the United States, people who are going to the movie theaters, they're saying, like, what is happening with movie theater etiquette? Okay, what is going on with this? And apparently there's some trends on TikTok where it's driving folks to go to these theaters and pull out their phones, start recording, taking pictures, uh, just setting up one person, like set up a flashlight uh, down the row. And so just to catch people's reactions so that this way they can throw these videos up on TikTok and then get all kinds of views and notoriety. And oh. it's just really, really bad stuff. So like when I, we went to go see Oppenheimer, um, and I was telling my friend Joe about this. She had no idea. I was surprised. I said, you know, we got to Oppenheimer, and then I always pick, like, in the middle of the theater, those two seats. And she's like, so how do you get those seats? I'm like, you go online and you reserve them. She's like, really? I'm like, yes. <laughs> she's like, you just don't go buy tickets and find seats? I said, no, those days are, like, long gone. So went to Oppenheimer, and wouldn't you know it, uh, a young couple sitting in our seats. And I said, um, you know, excuse me, those are our seats. And she's like, no, this is this is seat 24 and 25. I said, no, you're in seat 10 and 11. And, she's like, <laughs> and so we had like a little bit of a spiff going on. 
until finally I said, you know what, why don't you look at the numbers? And she, she looks at me and she goes, oh, there are numbers on the seats? I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yikes. Help me out. Help me out here. Okay. And then also some theaters are actually fining people for sneaking in like beer and wine and popcorn. They're actually finding them. And it's it's okay, though, because even if the fine is like 50 bucks, you're still saving money. I mean, that's just <laughs> the way it is. Okay. So, Rico, this is normally where a guest tells us like something that's happening in their world in the news. Okay. But in your case, I want to hear about somebody who came to you and needed help. And tell us what went down. Yeah, absolutely. So there was a single mother who came to, uh, who approached me. She lived in New York. She'll call her Mrs. D for right now. And she's a single mom. And she said, I just got out of a really hostile relationship. And I needed to figure out if I'm being cyber stalked. I said, fantastic. Let's take a look at what you got. Give me up about when it happened, what attributes that you're seeing that are being, that are making you think that you're being cyber stalked. And on top of that, let's kind of see the technology stack. So when interviewing her and actually doing this this triage or this discovery, if you will, we noticed that there was anomalous activity happening in her household, her smart house. Peter was going up for no reason during the summer. Her refrigerator was being turned off for no reason. Her smart TVs were wow. being disconnected, reconnected. Ooh. I said, okay, now we're starting to see some really weird activity. The The first thing I asked her was, do you have control of all your assets? Do you know what's in your environment? Do you know what's in your house? Do you know what it looks like? You know, and, and most of us, right, we have all these smart technologies, but we don't even understand asset <laughs> inventory. So just started working right. with her. I said, okay, let's disconnect everything from the network and let's go one by one. And so there we are for about two and a half hours on the phone. And she's in New York and I'm in the, in the uh, central part of the state and the country. And it's like, okay, go ahead and plug this in, go ahead and uh, add this device onto there. And lo and behold, we're actually able to find a, a compromised device. It was a home, a smart home device that was actually calling out to uh, the Philippines. And I said, okay, now we have, yep. Now we have, uh, now we have a point of reference. We, it's called the C2 node. It's the command, uh, C2 node, the command central node, uh, that is calling out to this foreign IP address. And so we started doing, I started doing my deducive reasoning, doing some digital forensics, understanding the type of logs that were going back and forth, understanding why specifically this thing. So there's a vulnerability in the device itself. And on top of that, there was a vulnerability in the password itself. Oh, no. <laughs> so, once, uh, so once we captured those two things and then we captured the IP address, we're actually able to correlate it to a threat actor. Uh, it was like a junior threat actor in the Philippines just kind of messing around and this is this seems to be the first of the second persons that has approached me this week on this. Oh my gosh. Wait, was this someone so she is, knew? Yeah, that's what she's gonna ask. No, not at all. Not at all. This is someone out of the out of the blue. We see this thing, we see this quite a bit in regards to IoT devices. Mm-hmm. What'll happen is the manufacturer will send something out. And they'll say, hey, it's just going to go to market and they don't do an air gap or they don't do a security hardening. And then all of a sudden you saw this a lot in the CCTV world back in the 10 sure. years ago, mm-hmm. where it was mm-hmm. open to the Internet. Right? Um, unfortunately, this person's device fell in the same symptoms and it was not patched over. So they had a vulnerability on it. Somebody out there in the Philippines was just running around checking these for these vulnerabilities, kicking the tires, kicking some doors down the alley. And was like, hey, I think I found an opening and just went through the network one by one, 
started just messing around with certain things in her house. And it was, it was quite fascinating. Wow. You know, I, I was just wondering, you know, do you think that there's a marketplace for this? So like, if you have like this weirdo crazy ex and and then he can go, he or she can go online and say, listen, you know, here's everything that is happening with my my significant other that I no longer am in love with and, and I just want to harass the heck out of him. And I'll pay you $500 a month for you to just wreak havoc. Are, are there like those type of job postings? <laughs> yes. So on <laughs> Onion Sites, uh, we have to... You, Usually they're on the on dark web, deep web. Uh, there are hitmen for hire, cyber hitmen for hire, or cyber hit persons for hire. Uh, absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, you never know who you're talking on the other side to. It could be the DEA, FBI, CIA, <laughs> whomever. Uh, $500 uh, in the grand scheme of ransomware and threat acting negotiation and threat actorship is not a lot of money. I mean, that's a billion dollar industry. So you got to have a little bit more than 500 bucks, maybe 50,000 and somebody would do it. For sure. <laughs> See, that's just me. I'm cheap. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, so what do I get for 500? Yeah, what do I get for 500? Oh, you get like one phishing email. It's the heater. <laughs> yes, just, that's right. Just the heater. That's good stuff, Rico. All right, Allie, what do you have for us? I've got a fun one today. Usually, Rico, usually I'm bad news, Allie, and I'm talking about something that's a bummer. But I figured I'd keep it a little lighter today. Uh, do you two use Nextdoor, the neighborhood app? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I get notifications from it. I can't say I'm a real fan. I mean, ever since, like, there was a posting about me on Nextdoor, which was <laughs> so embarrassing. I mean, I get this notification, Rico, and it, and Allie knows the story. I get this notification on my phone. It's like, you know, woman in Mercedes speeding through neighborhood. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> Oops. That was Kim. Sorry. Yes. Uh, I do not use it. Mostly because I don't want to get into the drama. I don't want to see the things my neighbors are posting. I just want to think they're nice people. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to have one of those horror stories where you're like, oh, my neighbor is that guy who's the worst person in town. Um, but a company put together a survey. They looked at 58,000 posts, 350,000 comments on Nextdoor to figure out what the heck are people talking about? What are the big deals? Uh Throw me a couple topics. What do you think people are talking about quite a bit on Nextdoor? Affairs. Um, <laughs> the bears. <laughs> um, n- noises. Loud noises. Yes, absolutely. Dogs. Barking dogs. That's a big one, right? Dogs, cats. Um, the cities with the most barking dog complaints. I'm sorry if you live in Raleigh, North Carolina, Oakland, California, or Virginia Beach. That is where people say barking is the very worst. Um, what about where cats are talked about more than dogs? Where are the cat cities? Uh, that would be Fresno, California, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento. Who knew? Okay. Never would have known that. That's just a little fun fact that you can use to impress your family members and friends. Yes. Uh, Arizona is actually home to the number one city with the most feral cats, which is not surprising. If you live in Arizona, you know that. Number one is Mesa. Love that. Oklahoma City, they're in like every one of these lists somehow. And then Fresno, (laughs) again, somehow. Okay, Uh, another big topic, poop. Because people go on next door to say, some jerk let their dog poop in my yard and didn't clean it up, right? That is a huge, a huge topic. Uh, Which cities talk about poop the most? That would be Washington, D.C., 
Uh, there are so many okay. jokes to make there that I won't. Uh, Arlington, okay. Texas, and San Diego, California. Squeaking in at number four is Phoenix. So go us. Oh. The smelliest cities. Do we have any guesses here? Ooh, uh, Oregon. Uh, <laughs> Newark, New Jersey. Well, that's a good one, Kim. As someone who lived in New York, I would say Newark for sure. But actually, I have lived in two out of three. Uh, number one, again, is Mesa. Maybe it's the feral cats. I don't know. Number two, New York City <laughs> can confirm terrible. And number three, Phoenix. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. I know. Okay, you know what? I, you know, here's, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. When it's 120 degrees outside, people have nothing to do. Okay. So they are going on next door and complaining about everything. Because Absolutely. that's just the way it is. People love to complain. Okay, a couple more uh, traffic complaints are another huge one, right? People talking about, hey, the street's closed. Phoenix. or <laughs> Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Shockingly, okay, cities with the most traffic complaints, Sacramento and then San Jose, California, and then Fresno. It's all California. Kim, I'm sure you can feel that. Yes, Pretty bad. I can. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the most parking complaints, that would be San Diego. Uh, I bet all the tourists... Don't you think? Like people mm-hmm. not knowing where so they It's everybody park. from Arizona that goes to San Diego. They're trying to get away from the stink and the poop. And yeah, uh, most construction complaints, New Orleans, weird, Portland, Oregon, and Tucson, Arizona. Okay. And then last category here, the cities with the most creeps, surveillance, uh, complaints about people watching them or, you know, just acting weird. Um, truly, they define this as cities with the most creepers. Uh I guess this is your line of work, Rico. Number one, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Number two, Good. Omaha, Nebraska. And number three, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Does that feel right to okay. you? The first and last one, absolutely. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and then cities with the most surveillance. So this is mostly going to be, be people saying like, hey, uh, I saw a camera watching me or my neighbor has a camera watching me, whatever it is. That's Oakland, Louisville, Kentucky, and Sacramento. Sacramento was on that list a lot. Yeah. You know what? That yeah. doesn't sound like a place we want to move to. No. Let's stay away no, from Sacramento. Not at all. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I, I have a next. I have a neighbor next door. He's 90 years old, and he has Alzheimer's. And every morning I see him, and he says to me, um, you know, Kim, have you seen my wife? And every day I look at him and say, you know what, John? You know, your wife passed away a couple of years ago. And then the next day he comes and I see him and I, he says, hey, Kim, have you seen my wife? And, I'm like, I, and I sometimes I say, like, you know what, John, she, she left and I don't, know, I don't know when she's ever coming back. Now, you, I, you know, and I sit there and I say, you know, I could move. I could just not answer the door. I could just, when I see John, I could walk the other way. But I can't because every time I answer him, he gets this big smile on his face oh. <laughs> that his wife is not there anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, and it's just my life, I guess. All right, we're so delighted that you're here joining us on Kim Commando today, and I really hope that you're among the tech elite, the people who do not suffer from FOMO. I'm talking about the over 500,000 people who get our newsletters every single day, every single day. And today I was looking at the reviews and we had 948 people who say this is like the best thing ever. And we had 48 people who said it just 
they were disappointed in it. Okay, but you know, nine hundred, a thousand to fifty. I mean, those are pretty good odds that you are going to love it. Okay, if that was on the Vegas Pass line, you would definitely put down at least five hundred bucks. So what I want you to do is go and sign up right now over at getkim.com, getkim.com, and you're going to get the tech news in the morning and life hacks in the afternoon. And whenever there's a data breach, like, I don't know, maybe once every two weeks, you're going to be one of the first people who know that it actually has happened. So again, sign up right now over at getkim.com, and you'll be up to date in five minutes or less every single day. And we took a look at the people who are actually subscribed. We looked at their domains, and we have folks from NASA, the FBI, uh, top universities, professors at Harvard, MIT, Stanford. Um, my sister is on there. Uh, <laughs> I subscribed her. You know, so I'm not sure if she reads it, but she's on the list. So anyway, you want to sign up right now over at getkim.com. All right. So this is part of the podcast, Rico, where we like to pass along some tips. And speaking of TikTok, um, everybody is cheating on TikTok, it seems like, because it's another new TikTok trend. I'm not talking about people drinking borax anymore. <laughs> what was up with that? <laughs> people drinking borax um, or or now apricot pits. Okay. For and acne, so this right? Way, for acne, yes. And then, you know, cyanide poisoning people. I mean, come on. Great. There's this gal on TikTok by the name of Madeline Smith. And when you look at her, she's hot. And she's a real person. She's not AI. She's actually a beautiful woman. And so what happens is, is that women who think that their husbands are cheating are sliding her a DM saying, this is my husband. I think he's cheating on me. And then she slides into their DMs, the husband's DM, and says, I normally don't do this, but I think you are so hot. Entrapment. Amazing. Yes. Oh, no. And then what she does is as soon as the husband's like, oh, well, I think you're pretty hot too, is that she starts the exchange going back and forth and then she videos it and she takes screenshots and she's running about 100, she's calling loyalty checks. Loyalty (laughs) check. (laughs) Every week. Uh, And she says, here are her odds. Eight out of ten guys fail the loyalty check. Eight out of ten guys. That's right. Uh, One of her recent videos, one and a half million views. I mean, that's crazy stuff. So if you think that your partner's cheating, there are some telltale signs. Like maybe they have an extra phone. Maybe they're hiding their phone. Maybe you can't find, find their location. Uh, and then there are some tricks of the trade that we're not going to pass along here. Like, you know, like you can set up their phone so that when they're sleeping, you can actually open their phone with facial ID. But we're not going to tell you how to do that. We have that on the site. No, just <laughs> kidding. But we actually have a tip on how to prevent that from happening. So you can kind of reverse engineer all that. So uh, so uh, loyalty checks are really big. And, um, and if you get one of those, just make sure that you pass, right? I mean, that would kind of be the big deal with that. Uh, and speaking of, what did the suspicious husband say after he caught his wife cheating in an igloo? What did the suspicious husband say after he caught his wife cheating inside an igloo? Anybody? Anybody? I knew it. Get it? All right. You know what? They're just really bad jokes today. You know, and I, I will just, I will tell you why because. Um, I was on a boat yesterday for six hours in five-foot swells, Oof. and I, this morning I was still moving and weaving <laughs> back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. All right. So save us, Rico. Tell us about how we can tell if we're getting cyber-stalked. 
So some of the fascinating ways you can tell if you're being cyber stalked, one, someone's going to probably reach out to you on Instagram and try to lure you. So you're hot on the internet. Yeah. You have to know your leagues here, right? And whether you're the reacher or the settler right now. <laughs> so you might pull that. <laughs> Number two, you might see some um, different profiles of yourself. I've seen them of myself on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and stuff like that all the time. Oh. Um, and then if you know you're being cyber stalked, if you go look inward to your, your household items like your cell phone, your computer, um, your network. So if we start at the cell phone level, you might in- encroach upon or might look upon this uh this thing called the um the pegasus right pegasus is a rebranded cia application that can be used and it's still in the open wild to do some keystroke logging and it hides itself as an app of some sort usually a calculator so you might see something like that you might have like clues and conversations you might be having a conversation with somebody says hey i heard you were going out to get a, a good steak at steak 44 on saturday at 7 p.m oh so that's something that's v- they're very well known so that means somebody has unauthorized access to your information, Mm. possibly email, text messages, stuff like that. And now, so when we talk about access control, right? So we talk about looking at things that you need to be controlled in the access perspective. Then we can look at our network, okay? Uh, We might have some sort of listening device. We might have a network tap. We might have a a nook that's being implanted. Or even the worst case, what I'm seeing the last two weeks is a device that's being leveraged that has vulnerabilities to move laterally through your environment so they can get more accessibility in your environment. So those are some of the things that I would be very mindful of. And then also don't doubt yourself too much, right? If you think you're being cyber-socked, chances are you're being cyber-socked and chances are you know who it is and chances are you know how they're doing it. It's just a matter of competing and putting these things back together so we can tell that journey to the police department, law enforcement, or even an attorney if you want to prosecute them. And you bring up an interesting point that a lot of times it's not just some random person, right? It's it's somebody who is within that six degrees of separation, right? It's not just, except in the case of like, although actually maybe not because you gave us the case of that, that random person in the Philippines that was just, you know, doing this for a good time, just messing with people, right? What, like how often would you say it's someone that they know even, you know, kind of a little bit uh, versus just a random. I, I would have to think the random is not very often. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say about nine out of 10 times, it's somebody, you know, somebody within your circle mm-hmm. or somebody who's uh, maybe one degree separated away from you. Uh, if there's a, usually a bad relationship, uh, it's usually the ex's partner, whether it's a fel- male or female, it doesn't, doesn't matter. It's always them trying to engage in some sort of uh, social media, some sort of cyber combatives, if you will. Um, and it, it's always within a circle. Now, the vulnerability of, let's just say, the the thing we just talked about in the Philippines, that happens a lot, but it's quickly mitigated from all these other security propensities we put in place. Like change your password and you'll be okay kind of thing. Change your password, yeah. multi-factor authentication, uh, antivirus, EDRs, endpoint detection response, yeah. you know, stuff like that. That'll eliminate the technology. But if it keeps on persisting, that means somebody's very interested in you. Chances are somebody you know, and chances are somebody really close to you or within the proximity. Yeah. So yeah. I have a question for you, Rico. Um, a husband and wife, they get separated, and the husband moves out. The wife's sitting there. She still has the same router. Okay. Do you think it's good enough for her to do a whole factory reset on the router to make sure there's no rats, no uh 
you know, no remote access turned on or anything like that? Or do you think she needs to actually replace and buy a new router? Yep. So you can do both, right? So before even you get to that point, I would just go ahead and get the logs out of there just for evidential preservation, just so you have those things at point of reference. They're simple stuff. They're an Excel spreadsheet, and it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but you're going to need them, right? So before you blow that away, one, I would go ahead and reset it, factory reset. It's going to get you a new IP address and possibly even a new MAC address. You can work with your internet service provider for that. Super easy to do. If you're still persisting, if it's still persisting and you think it's still going on, go ahead and get a new router. Go ahead and get an all-in-one, like a router firewall you know, type deal. Um, and get it straight from the ISP and have it configured from the internet service provider, not in your home. Okay. So it doesn't capture some sort of IP address or Mac address or cache or anything like that. And then at that point, you're a fresh start. You're ready to roll. Now it has to go back all the way to access. Now start changing your passwords, multi-factor authentication. There's a methodical approach to this to get a threat actor on the outside very easily. Yeah, that's all good stuff. You know, you're, I always love talking to you, Rico, because I, I always learn something from you. Like, I never thought of till you just said that about having the ISP configure that all-in-one device instead of you bring it in. That's that's an extra step, Allie. We need to start adding to every time we talk about this stuff. We will credit you, Rico. Don't worry. We'll say, per Rico, our good friend. <laughs> all right. So, Allie, tell us how we're going to speed up our computers. Oh, I've got a few things. We're going to go from, like, easy to, okay, a little more intense if things are really bad. First, if things are just being sluggish, one, how many tabs do you have open? Uh, go close a bunch of those, and I bet things are going to run a little better for you. If it's not the tabs, if it's not your browser, restart your computer. Sometimes something is just acting funky, and a restart cleans that up, and you'll say, wow, this is like a new computer. You can do some things to reduce the overall load of what's on the computer, right? You can change what programs start up when you turn on the computer. If you haven't done this, it's so worth it because I guarantee you don't need most of the stuff that happens when your computer starts. Nobody is like starting their computer and logging into Zoom. Zoom, we don't need that. Um, you should also start uninstalling the things you don't use. You probably do it on your phone when you're just like fiddling around with it, but take the time sometimes to do that on your computer. If there's a game, a program, anything that you just haven't used in a long time, get rid of it. You don't need it on there. This is especially important on laptops where you're just going to have less storage space, right? Now you can clean out the junk. There are things built into Windows uh, and Mac, uh, disk utility kind of things that it just cleans up the stuff that you don't need anymore. Um, files that maybe you use to install something or, you know, whatever it is, all these junk files that do take up space and do slow you down. Uh, you can always clear out your cache and cookies. Uh, the annoying part about that, you might lose your saved passwords or like when you go to a site and start to type your password, it's not going to autofill for you. If it is saved to your browser or, you know, your password manager, whatever, you'll still have it. So everything's fine there. Worth doing every now and then. Um, all this stuff is easy. You just have to know how to do it. Uh, if you go over to commander.com and search, I mean, you could search a million things, but you could search faster computer and you will get step-by-step -step instructions on how to do all this stuff. Which is always what you want to do. And by the way, if you love these quick updates, okay, what you need to do is right now 
I want you to search for my last name, Commando, wherever you get your podcasts. And I want you to subscribe to the, our daily tech updates. Every single day, you just get a podcast. It's two minutes. You get one news story, and then you get one life back. Okay, so when you're brushing your teeth, when you're making your cup of coffee, when you're taking the dog out to do its thing in the morning, okay, just turn on the daily tech update, and you have instant know-how. Oh my gosh, and it's free. So again, wherever you get your podcast, just search for Commando with a K, and you got it. Now, if you're not already following us on social media, stop ghosting and do it already, okay? Over at Instagram.com slash Kim Commando, you know, we always talk about how these TikTokers get millions of views. Uh, but I was looking at the result of a video that I posted. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Ian was walking in Los Angeles with his friend. And, and Ian said to his friend, you know, hold on, I'll be right with you. And his friend continued to walk down the street. And then the guy turned around. And what was watching Ian hold an elderly woman's arm by her elbow <laughs> and was walking her across the street. Okay. And so the friend recorded this, you know, like him walking across the street and then you could see her thanking him and then him walking away. And the, the backstory is, is that he was standing there. And Ian's my son, by the way, if you haven't figured that out. Um, he was standing there and this woman was waiting to cross the street, but no cars would stop in the crosswalk. It was one of those pedestrian crosswalks. So he put his hand out, said, <laughs> stop, okay, then grabbed this woman uh, and she, you know, by her elbow and she was using her cane crossing the street and then he thanked her. So anyway, so that video, we were so surprised. I actually sent it to him. It has been uh, viewed like, I don't know, 200,000 times. Wow. And so it's kind of a cool thing. So we're not like in the millions yet, but we're working there. So bottom line here is that you want to follow us on social media, wherever you are, Instagram.com slash Kim Commando. Also has some updates on what's going on with my cornea transplant, which mm, we're hoping for better results as time goes on. And then Facebook.com slash Kim Commando. You know the whole drill. All right. So here's the what the heck headline. Google one star review tips off fatal hit and run. What <laughs> is going on with this, right? Okay, David Adams and Tiffany Fletcher, those are the names. They were having a, a summer ride down a Florida highway on their motorcycle. Out of nowhere, it's, it's a sad story. Uh, a white Ford F-250 pickup truck makes a U-turn and just collides right into the two of them. Oh. The truck flees the scene, okay, hit and run. Uh, David and Tiffany are sitting there in the middle of the road. People rush over to help. David had to have his leg amputated. Uh, he passed away a few days later. Uh, Tiffany, head injuries, shattered femur, and, of course, a lot of emotional distress, right? So the hunt is on for this heartless truck driver. Investigators searched. They didn't have a lot of information to go on. They were really up against the wall. They were knocking on door to door, trying to get any security camera footage. But the mystery was unraveled from a very unlikely place. A one-star Google review of a local tree service. Wow. Listen to this. Guy says, just doing this review because the owner or son of the owner had a big accident on the 301 in Balm River involving a couple on a motorcycle. The thing is, he fled the scene, and all I got was the company name on his white truck. Whoa. So please, if anyone has seen this truck with... A hit on the passenger side, that's the motorcycle that he hit and ran like a coward. Uh, putting this out there in case he didn't turn himself in yet. Okay. Oh. 
the review was posted on the page of Arbor Pro's Tree Service. Okay. The detectives connected all. The same logo they saw on the back of the white pickup truck that matched Arbor Pro's. Chad Stahl, 29-year-old with Arbor Pro's Tree Service, he's charged with fleeing a fatal crash scene. Wow. Okay. Incredible. Um, you know, glad that we left the Google review. But next time, why don't you just call the police? <laughs> okay. You make a good point, Kim. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm really happy that was there. But we have to think in all practicality because, Rico, let's say the guy didn't want to use his cell phone. Okay. Because he, maybe he didn't want to be involved. So he leaves this anonymous review. But sure. you can use a burner phone, right? <laughs> right, Rico? Yeah. I mean, tell us about all the ways you can you, you can make an anonymous phone call. Yeah, you can use burner phones, you can use Frogger, you can use spoof phones. You can even they actually have a private service in India that people do it for you on your behalf. I mean, that's kind of them. <laughs> really? Right? Oh yeah, yeah. You can even use Twilio to spoof your own female, uh, your own um, your own phone number. I mean, this is pretty common stuff that we see all the time. But yeah, that's that's a few different ways to to you know put yourself out there without really putting yourself out there. You know, you bring up a great point because a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to spoof a phone number, right? Oh, yeah. Very, very easy to spoof a phone number. Um, I mean, there are services out there, threat actor services that do it for you. Um, unfortunately, there's there's a you know, big organization. I'm not trying to badmouth them, the Twilio, that you can actually leverage a service to spoof your your phone number. Uh, there are other services. There, are other, you can assume someone's phone number within milliseconds by using different uh, burner VoIP apps. I mean, you you name it. It's, it's very simple. It's done within three or four minutes. Wow, I know. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. You know, um, Ian was showing me how one of these apps work recently because we we're just talking about it. And so he called my phone, and then when it showed up, it showed up with Barry's picture, and saying, you know. Barry's calling you now. I mean, it's just, especially if they're in your contacts already, it's really super easy to spoof a phone number. So just a word to the wise as you're listening. If you get a call and it says the Internal Revenue Service, uh, it says, you know, Red Cross, whatever it may be, just know that it may not be legit, okay? Because somebody could just be spoofing it for just a few pennies on the dollar. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you're not already getting our newsletters, make sure that you sign up right now while you're thinking about it to get TechSmart every single day. And you're going to join over 500,000 people who do. Sign up at GetKim.com. Once again, there's that's GetKim.com. And if you are already a subscriber, let me tell you something. Oh, oh, oh at the <laughs> bottom of every newsletter, you have a unique referral link, that unique referral link. Okay, what that means is that you can post that link on social media I helped my friend Joe do this yesterday. She's like, what do I say? I said, here, just say all this. Okay. <laughs> and you put your unique referral link there. And then as your friends and family sign up for our newsletters, you get to win great prizes. Okay, we're not talking about like a sticker for your laptop. No, we're not doing that. You could win an iPad. You could win a backpack, some great stuff. We also have like the mystery box. And the mystery box is well, if you refer a whole bunch of people, we're not sure what that's worth yet, but it's going to be like a really good mystery box. And so make sure that you sign up at getkim.com. Once you do sign up, uh, be sure that you use that referral link because, hey, you know, it's a win-win. Your friends and family get more tech smarts and you can stop answering some of their tech questions and <laughs> you get to win valuable prizes at the same time. So again, that address is getkim.com. 
All right. So, Allie, you know, I saw the review come in for the tablet and I thought you're the pixel queen uh, and you like to have pixel dust. What do you think? <laughs> well, hold on. I'm not ready for my full review. So what Kim's talking about, uh, Google sent me over the new pixel tablet to test out. Uh, it's got a really cool dock that is a speaker and charges it, yada, yada. I need to give it more time because I want to really use this thing in my life. But today I want to talk about when would you use a tablet? Why do you need a tablet? Because my first thought when Kim sent me that email was, well, my first thought was like, oh, cool, a Pixel tablet. And my second thought was, but I have a phone. I have a laptop. Why do I need a tablet? Why do I need another thing? And it turns out I'm eating my hat because having a tablet is actually <laughs> pretty cool for a few different things. Um, I blew my mind when I looked this up, but do you two remember when the first iPad came out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Kim, do you remember the year? Uh, Send yourself way no. back. It was 2010. Yeah. I had the first one, um, and I've had many iPads over the years. This is my first time having an Android tablet. Um, and I have to be honest, we've got a stack of old iPads that just kind of sit in a closet because <laughs> for so long it was like, well, the novelty has worn off. What do I do with this thing? Uh, turns out there's some good stuff, and this is what I've been doing most. Um, they're really good for making art. That's what my husband does. He has the fancy pants, you know, iPad Pro, the newest one, and he makes music on it. Um, sometimes I like to play with an app uh, called Loom. It's with three O's, L-O-O-O-M. And it's a really fun way to make little illustrations. You don't have to be a good artist, but it's a fun little way to pass the time. And that's not something, honestly, I would ever do on my phone. I would ever do on my computer. But it's kind of nice to just do something artistic and you know get your head out of everything else for a minute. Um, one thing I like is browsing the internet on here, and yes, Allie, you could do that on your phone, you could do that on your computer, but here's why it's better. Because I didn't connect my email, I didn't connect my messages, and so I'm not getting a pop-up every two seconds while I'm trying to just relax and look at recipes or whatever it is, saying like, oh, you have a text, you have an email, you have this, you have that. It's like a little more distraction-free in a way that is actually really nice. So it's like, Kind of become the, you know, nighttime settling down. Maybe I'm not reading yet, but I want to do something. Get the tablet. It's so much nicer. Uh, it's good for games because the screen is so much bigger and there are a lot of tablet, you know, games made for tablet. They're just going to perform better than your tiny little phone screen. I mean, not that tiny, but comparatively, right? Um, my favorite use by far, cookbooks. So I am... Mm -hmm. I'm a big reader, and I do all my reading on a Kindle. Cookbooks on a Kindle are awful. Everything's no. in black and white. It no, just you don't get the yeah, you don't yeah. get the pictures. You yeah, don't know if it, it looks good. Exactly, it sucks, and the pictures are a really good part of a cookbook, right? Um, but on a tablet, it's so nice because you can page through like a real book, and then you can set it there in the kitchen. Um, I set mine up on something so I don't, you know, splash dirt or anything. But you can actually use it in the kitchen. Uh, I like this better than using my laptop, which I've been known to do, because there's no keyboard that I'm going to accidentally spill things into, or, you know, I've definitely dumped flour on my computer before. Um, so it's a little nicer in that way. You're not going to ruin your laptop that you probably need for work or whatever else. Uh, so I'm loving it. My other, the other thing that I've noticed is like 
Remember back when everybody had like, you had your house computer that was like the family computer. Now all of our devices are private, right? Like when somebody wants to use your phone, you have that moment of like, Ooh, uh, I don't know. Or even your computer because. Why why do you need to do that? Exactly. And they're going to see your text messages as they pop up and just things that make you feel a little like, "Mm, I don't know. But a tablet makes a really good just kind of device anybody can pick up and use. And you're never going to have that moment of like, don't let me close that. Let me make sure I close my weird Google search, whatever. It's it's like a community device. Anybody can pick it up and use it, control the music. Um, You can put your smart home stuff on it, certainly. But I don't know. As you can tell, I'm. I'm embracing tablet life. It's it's okay. going pretty Here's well. The deal. I want you. You know what? You know what? I know. I I I, I get you. I mean, <laughs> apples and ponies and unicorns and flowers <laughs> and everything's all great. Okay, so it's now the first part of August. Okay. Okay. November. I want you. I want to know if you're still using this tablet October first. <laughs> yeah, October first. Just Called just out. make make a little note. Okay. Make a little note. October first. Okay. And I want to know if you're still using it. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. Uh, what do you think, Rico? Uh, I'm gonna say yes. Thank you, Rico. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I will yes, say I the worst. Over one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the The worst part so far about the tablet is remembering to charge another device because I am not good at that. Yeah, there's a caveat. No. Like, will mm-hmm. it be functional? Will it be full of like cake batter? We don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We don't know. That's true. We don't know. <laughs> We don't know. All right. Okay. So, Allie, you're going to two for this segment. So, uh, oh, buddy. this is the joke. Okay. Yep. All right. This is, we always end on a happy note. Let's see how this is. Okay. Three writers, Jim, Sam, and Carl, are at a writing convention and they booked a hotel room on the 75th floor. They got to the hotel and the receptionist said, I am so sorry to tell you this, but the elevator is broken. You're going to have to take the stairs. Uh, Jim writes funny stories, Sam writes scary stories, and Carl writes sad stories. And they agree, you know what, this is going to be boring and take forever. So why don't we tell stories while we go up? So Jim would tell his two funniest stories when they went from floor one to 25. Sam is going to tell his scariest stories from 26 to 50. And Carl is going to tell his sad stories from 51 to 75. They start their climb Jim goes right into the funny stories, and by the time they get to the 25th floor, they don't even care that they just climbed all those stairs. They are hysterical. Uh, And then Sam tells some scary stories, and by the time they reach the 50th floor, Jim and Carl are kind of hugging each other and, and scared, but entertained. And then it's Carl's turn. I'll tell my saddest story first, he said. There was once a man named Carl who left the hotel room key in the car. (laughs) <laughs> oh god Ellie. it was it was a long way to go for glass water i know it was. i know it was okay here let me uh, here i'll save us i'll save us <laughs> you okay. had a backup joke i just in case i have a backup joke okay wow i just heard that they're making new tvs for people with short attention spans okay i just heard that they're making new tvs for people with short attention spans it's going to have 20 times as many pixels as 4K. It's 80 HD. <laughs> Get it? All right. That was All better. Right. You got All me. Right. I'm sorry, Allie. I, I, you know what? You know what? If you take a lot it, of it shots, was, it was you're not going to make them all. You give it 8.5. <laughs> That's true. That's Thank true. You, 
Hey, on that happy note, Rico, thanks for joining us. Tell everybody how they can learn more about you and uh, and then sign up for anything that you have going on. I know you're doing a lot of speaking engagements, but I know that you help a lot of folks and corporations, big and small. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys can just Google search me, Rico Danielson. I'm pretty sure you guys can find my email and phone number real <laughs> easily. I think it's very inevitable. And then the other part is you can find me on Instagram and also uh, possibly even Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And so Rico is R-I-C-O-H and spell Danielson for everybody. Yeah, D-A-N-I-E-L-S-O-N. Rico Danielson. Rico Danielson. You know, if you just get the Rico right, the Danielson will pop right up. And so thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. And as always, tell at least three friends about Kim Commando today, the podcast. And hey, just one more reminder to get those newsletters. You're going to love them over at GetKim.com. This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited. Prohibited.